Welcome everyone to the Happy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Jack, lifestyle entrepreneur, professional model slash actor, biohacker, and eco-warrior striving to make a positive impact on this planet. My goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain you while reminding you to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, as you happy hustle for a life of passion and purpose. I am so grateful and humbled to be spending some time together today. Now let's dive in. What is up, you happy hustlers out there? I hope you are having an amazing day and staying positive and staying grateful. Now, in this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast, I have on Dr. Jen Faber, who is a doctor of chiropractic and is a performance and mental conditioning coach who is working with elite athletes, Olympic competitors, and sports professionals. She helps clients train their mind as hard as they train their body to create world-class results. Dr. Jen is the author of Know or Be Told, How Identity Defines Success and the founder of World Class Nation, an online mental conditioning membership designed to help high-performing athletes gain a unique advantage to win. Throughout her career, Dr. Jen has worked with NFL players, triathletes, the Lady Gaga Tour, Broadway performers, the Washington Ballet, the Kennedy Center, and the National Geographic. You guys are going to love this interview with Dr. Jen. We really get into breaking down those mental barriers and those self-limiting stories. And she actually offers a free seven-day trial to the happy hustlers out there, to her world-class nation. If you go to carryjack.com backslash podcasting or the show notes, there'll be a specific link where you guys can sign up for her free seven-day trial to her amazing online membership. It's the World Class Nation. It's not just for athletes. It is for entrepreneurs and happy hustlers as well. So you guys are going to get a ton of value from this episode. And if you want to know more about Dr. Jen, I highly suggest checking out that World Class Nation. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. Real quick, I just want to give a huge shout out to this show's sponsor, Therasage, who really does make the world's best affordable and portable infrared sauna. And I personally love my Therasage sauna, so I wanted to team up with them to bring you, the happy hustlers out there, this amazing product. And the benefits of using a sauna are detoxifying the body, decreasing inflammation, increasing circulation, relieving pain, burning calories, sleeping better, the list goes on and on. If you're interested at all in even getting a sauna, you have to check out Therasage. That's T-H-E E-R-A-S-A-G-E. And if you type in code HAPPY at checkout, you'll save 10% on not just the sauna, but everything on their website. And they make some super high quality, awesome products to optimize your health and wellness. So go ahead, check it out at therasage.com and use code HAPPY to get yourself a discount. All right, guys, let's get back to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. All right, Dr. Jen Faber, you are live on the Happy Hustle podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Let's get our hustle on. Oh, yeah, you know it. <laughs> this is going to be a great interview. I mean, I'm I'm super stoked about it because you are a expert in performance and mental conditioning coaching. You're a doctor of chiropractic care, which is something near and dear to my heart because my mom's a chiropractor, and that's actually how we connected through my mom because she, you know, was in one of your programs. So awesome. And, yeah, and I just think there's so much value in what you're doing, especially now in this crazy uncertain time with the pandemic and, you know, the coronavirus and, and everything that's taking place in the world. Now more than ever, we have to have that mentally resilient mindset. So I'm really excited to dive into that. But before we do, I want to ask you, what is something interesting about yourself that not too many people know? Sure. So this, I think, will tie into our theme for today. So last summer, I decided to do a mountain marathon with absolutely no training whatsoever. Oh, so wow. I've never done anything past a 5K for most of my life. I never really even saw myself as a runner, even though I'm an athlete and I've been active my whole life. But I saw a sign walking up Main Street here in Utah for the marathon. And I thought, I'm going to try it. 
and I'm going to see what happens. And that was two weeks before the actual race that my friends who are runners said, this is complete madness. There's, there's no way you can do this. Not, not only is it 26 miles, but it's 26 miles at elevation with elevation changes. And the crazy thing is that was such a flip in my identity where I went from, I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner to I'm going to do it. And that bit of stick to was the secret that gave me the ability to show up at the start line, even though I was completely freaking out, being surrounded by all these marathoners and questioning whether I could do it, I was able to do it and push through. And it was madness by most conventional standards and honestly madness by what we're taught to believe mm-hmm. in what we can do and how fast we can generate results and what we're capable of. And I think that makes me think about hustle too. Cause a lot of times it can be a matter of turning on the right switches as opposed mm-hmm. to the amount of work. But I'll, I'll tell you, it was, it was a crazy ride. I hit mile 20 and I started to really question why am I here? Oh yeah. Why am I doing this? The last six miles I was in complete agony. My legs just wanted to give out, but I knew that if I crossed that finish line, there would be such a level of breakthrough that I hadn't experienced for a little while mm-hmm. that had I given up, I mean, it would have been easy, right? I mean, no one, no one would have cared. I was, I could have been proud enough just to show up, but it's in those moments when you feel that pain and not even necessarily physical pain, but if it is physical, sometimes pushing through that very thing is what's going to give you the breakthrough. And there was no greater feeling than putting that metal around my neck and crossing yeah. that finish line, knowing that I did it all because I just told myself that I could. So yeah. it was a crazy journey, but it also helped me redefine and relook at who I am as an athlete and what are the beliefs that I allowed to hold myself back and how easy it actually was to choose to not let them define me anymore. Mm, I'll have to it. post a pic on social and tag you in it <laughs> so yeah. you can see it. <laughs> yeah, please do. We'll have to put that in the show notes. I mean, it's so true though. I feel like many of us, especially the happy hustlers out there, we're only really pushing ourselves to I like 40% of our true capacity. I know David Goggins, he, he says, you know, you're basically when you're thinking you're at failure and your push-ups or your sit-ups or at, or your you know pull-ups, you're really only 40% of what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, really push past that that pain, that mental adversity, because it starts in the mind, you know, when you're running a marathon or when you're, you know, doing anything like physically exerting energy. It's it's mindset. It is, and which is why you can't hurt me. His book is the most perfect theme for that because one of the things that really stood out to me when I was reading it is you are racing against yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not racing against anyone else. You're not competing against anyone else. If you Mm -hmm. stop focusing so much on competition and comparison, which we live in a culture of a lot of that right now, and you focus on your own race, that happens just as much as it did to him in Navy SEAL training as Mm -hmm. it does to when we wake up out of bed in the morning. Like All of those micro micro choices comes down to what is our brain telling us that we think we can do, but actually moving past it, right? And pushing to that next level. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's so true. Those small choices every single day, they have consequences. And what happens too, when you make those micro commitments to yourself, you then build that confidence and that momentum. And that's really when you can get into flow when you're Mm -hmm. working out or when you're working on your business. Or I know, you know, Dr. Jen, you work with a ton of world-class Olympic athletes and professionals in their sport. And I'm sure you see it across the board, like the value of that momentum, that confidence and those micro commitments that are just consistently kept. Yes. And that, that is so important for every athlete, but every hustler to Mm -hmm. really embody because anyone who's hustling in life, one of our biggest strengths is we are so eager to get the wins, to feel the movement, to beat, you know, to crush the goals, to feel that success. But we have to be really, really careful that it's not our biggest detriment because Mm -hmm. when we put so much pressure on ourselves and we don't define hustle correctly and it becomes pressure or we set these expectations or we're always looking for the things that we didn't get done or we didn't do right, or we could have done better, which happens in a lot and can happen in the hustler's mind. If they focus on that, the opposite is if you look at the micro things you didn't do, and you just take that same language and focus on the shifts that you have done. And if all you're doing is getting 1% better every day, making one small change every day, which now 
is a great time to do that because competitions are canceled. They're getting delayed. This is such a perfect time to create those micro shifts. Where can you fine tune? Where can you adapt? Where can you make those changes and really embody the fact that it is that small progression and it is that journey that is also part of the process, not just waiting for the goal in the end to feel that satisfaction. 100%. I love that. It's the journey is what I like to call it. You know, the journey to the top. It's all about those vistas along the journey, celebrating the small wins, the the micro commitments that you kept to yourself. Did you make your bed this morning? Great. Celebrate. You know, did you do your workout? Great. You know, and enjoy the fact that you kept your commitment and did your workout, that you ate healthy. You know, I, I think it's so valuable. And what I want to ask you is what are some of those micro commitments that you instill with your athletes that you've seen exponential rewards from just implementing some for the happy hustlers, maybe three micro commitments that you can recommend to everyone listening right now that really make a big difference? Yeah, I would think the first thing, honestly, is to just start with the simplicity of intention. A lot of times when we're focusing on what could be perceived as the grind, the push, trying to get all the work done, we wake up at some point and realize you feel so burned out because you've completely forgotten why you're doing what you're doing and Mm. have fallen out of love with it. So the first thing I would say is set the intention behind what you're doing. It's so easy for us to go through the motions and get the work done and train hard and rest hard and eat hard and do all these things, but not take this little magic minute before we have a perfectly balanced meal, before we do a phenomenal workout, before we sit down and do a great interview, before we get amazing work done. Just that one minute to set an intention helps to get your subconscious in the mindset of not only how you want to show up, but how you want to feel once you've done it. So you're literally going to prime your mind, but also your physicality on Mm. what you're actually going to be able to do. And I, I love that because I feel like intentions help to actually build mind memory future forward, right? By actually using that power of forethought. So intentions would be one of the first ones. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would really look at is gratitude for the goals you want to accomplish. Mm. So gratitude is such a common practice, right? We hear about it all the time. Be thankful, be grateful, be present, be in the Mm -hmm. present moment. That's awesome. But what I find is really invaluable is to actually take that and be grateful for the things in the future that you're going after. Mm. So a classic analogy that I love to give is watching the best alpine skiers in the world at the start gate. And what do you see those few minutes before? You see them closing their eyes. You see them doing the the bends and the turns in their mind, and they're gently swinging their head back and forth because they are playing out the outcome of completing that race to train their body. When you actually take that same concept and use gratitude to be grateful for the finish, the goal, the success, and say, thank you for this result. Thank you for this gold medal. Thank you for my personal best. Not only are you using visualization to train your mentality or to train your body, you're using gratitude to train your mind and build that mind memory and prime your mind for the emotion and what it feels like. Mm. And the really two, the really cool thing I want to say as an important aside is that our subconscious just listens to feelings. I mean, it listens to core words, but it also listens to feelings. Mm -hmm. So if you're associating a success or a goal, with what it feels like to actually achieve that goal, you're training your brain as if it already happens. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. So those are the two things that I would really say off the top that should be things you should absolutely implement. And then at the end of the day, take that time to reflect and actually reflect on what you did do. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it is so easy to think about what I could have done better, what I could have done different, but think about what can I celebrate? Mm-hmm. We take so much time and energy waiting to celebrate for those big moments and then wonder why we're getting exhausted on the path to get there to win. So mm-hmm. you have to think about what are those micro moments and actually document them, actually Mm. chart them. And not just what did I get done, but what do I want to celebrate today? How, what, what was the great part of me that showed up today? How did I show up better today than I did the day before? Mm -hmm. And that's when you realize those little shifts, you're actually doing things that a lot of people take for granted or put on autopilot. And I see this in athletes all the time because they are doing so many things and so disciplined and so regimented that they just forget to step back and look at how they want today. Mm. So intentions, gratitude for the future and celebrating the micro wins every day to actually train your brain that you're celebrating all the time are three really powerful shifts and habits that take just minutes a day that can literally transform your mindset overnight. 
Mm, love that. I mean, setting intentions, having gratitude, and just focusing on the wins along the journey are, are just three great, I like to call them happy hustle hacks, you I know, love it. That, that really do um, make such a difference. And they're free. You don't really have to, you know, pay for them. You just have to train yourself. It's a daily right. discipline that anyone can implement. And it's, it's so valuable. Which is the interesting thing too, as a coach, because, you know, one of my mentors, he always says the simplest things to do are the simplest things not to do. Yeah. And that's the thing. A lot of times with clients that I work with, they will say, I know I need to do these things. I know that this is good for me, but a lot of times what is lacking is that accountability. And I think mm-hmm. the interesting thing, because we love to hustle is we do put so much pressure on ourselves. We put so much energy and intention to want to be able to put good out into the world and live a great life and be on purpose and feel fulfilled, that it's really important to also remember you don't have to do this alone. Mm -hmm. And if you're missing some of those things, looking to accountability, looking to a support, resources, a coach, having structure in that can be so invaluable because it's one of those things where it's like, I've heard this a thousand times, but why am I not doing it? Is you need that person in your corner who's rooting your on 100% no judgment and has nothing but your best interests in mind, which I feel like can feel like more and more of a rare commodity because we live in a society where there, there, there's so much pressure and there's, there's tension. And even just in a Western society where we're more individualistic, it's like, we have to re-remember some ancient roots and what other cultures do and actually look at community and culture and having a team and leaning on others to get that support that if you want to become world class, if you want to become the best hustler you possibly can, lean on people and have an inner circle in your back corner that will help you become that because you do not have to ride this journey alone. No, exactly. And you actually speaking of accountability, have an amazing opportunity for all the happy hustlers out there. I'm going to share with them at the end of this episode. So you're going to want to stick around and listen all the way through because Dr. Jen put together something phenomenal that you guys can take advantage of. Get that accountability, get that community, get that expert mentorship all in one place and for free. So I'm going to tease it now, but you're going to want to stick around and, and you know really dive in later. Um, Dr. Jen, I want to ask... How do you rewire your brain? Let's say there are some self-limiting beliefs. There's some happy hustlers out there that have really self-limiting stories that are holding them back. Maybe, you know, I'm just, I'm old or I'm, I'm overweight and I can't get, you know, my, my health regimen on point or I, I just, I'm, I can't start my own business because of so-and-so. Like the excuses, the self-limiting stories, mm-hmm. we tell ourselves, we all have them in one you know, way or another. What are some of the tangible tactics that you would tell to an athlete of yours or a client of yours to really rewire those self-limiting stories? I love, love, love this question. And I really want to start with a core foundational concept that is so important because it helps give us insight on how our minds work. Our mind is trained to ask questions and search for the answer. Mm -hmm. So the foundation behind this is you rewire your beliefs by seeking different answers. Mm. Another way to put that is rewire your beliefs by building new references. And I want to share a brief example of a client of mine I worked with who's a phenomenal fitness competitor. She's been in the top five consistently in multiple fitness competitions, but she could not do handstand push-ups. which if your audience isn't aware, you are fully inverting your body. So you're doing a handstand, right? I mean, you have to have triceps of steel to be able to do it and fully lift your body weight to be able to do it. And every single competition, it was her weakness. It was her downfall and she could not perform it. And it became a pattern over a couple of years, three years of competition. So you Mm. could imagine how that is building a really negative belief system. You could imagine the beliefs in her own mind when she herself can't do it, then she's watching her competitors do it. And then she's looking at the social media posts and haters giving her, you know, calling her out about it. And you've got the media calling her out about it. I mean, she is getting bombarded with with references that her belief is that she cannot do this. And the Mm. irony is that it wasn't in her physicality. She could lift double her body weight. To do a handstand push-up, you really need to lift mainly your body weight. Mm. So she actually could physically do it. But every single athlete 
has at least one mental block that is getting in their way of being a greater version of themselves. And we have to play detective and peel away the layers and figure out what that is so they can become even better. So this athlete in particular was stuck in these beliefs because she was using all of the wrong references and seeking all of the wrong answers. So whether it's why am I overweight or why can't I lose the weight? Her question was, why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? Why do I suck at this? Why do I fail at this? The subconscious loves questions. So it will Mm -hmm. say, well, you can't do this because you failed before. People tell you you can't. All of your competitors can, right? No matter what you do to train. And it will bombard you with all of these answers that says, well, if you're going to ask me a question, honey, I'm going to give you the answers. And I've got a lot of them. And the, the stronger the references, the more they compound, the deeper those beliefs get. Because what are beliefs... They're patterns. They're, they're series of neurons firing in our brain in their most simplest form that trigger patterns of what thoughts to think, what tape loops to play. And those beliefs then dictate the actions, right? Thoughts become things. So when you're looking at rewiring your beliefs, I think it's really imperative in this two-step process to first look at what are the references that you've been constantly seeking? Mm. Someone call it a tape loop. Someone call it, what are the thoughts you keep thinking over and over? I like to position it differently because it can feel really overwhelming to mm-hmm. write down all the thoughts in your head. But just ask yourself, what questions are you currently asking? Are you asking questions that are framed negatively? Why can't? Why do I suck? Why does this never work? Why do I always fail? Why can't I get the results I want? And a lot of times people will be really shocked at how much of a negative reference they'll build their building, but they don't recognize it, Carrie, because it's become such a pattern. Mm. It's become automatic and the brain loves automatic patterns because we can only think about so many things during the day. We can only process new information so much. So the way you rewire your beliefs is by first, you have to acknowledge where you're at. We can't just bridge the gap and say, think great about yourself and believe that you're awesome and say these affirmations. And to be honest, I mean, I've used affirmations a lot. I use them with clients, but they don't work if you have to bridge too big of a gap because your subconscious will say, I resist that. That's Mm -hmm. not true. And that's not true because of all these reasons, right? And all these answers. So we have to minimize and and kind of take down that compound effect by just asking a different question. Hmm. How can I do this better? What's one thing I already can do consistently well? If I change this one thing, what are the creative ways I could adapt my body to do this differently? What would that feel like if I actually was able to do this? What would it feel like if in a competition, the media said this? What if my story is this? What if the headline is this, right? What, where, how am I a successful athlete? What do I do really, really well, right? How do I hustle in my own world-class way? And when you just ask the right questions, and I would just start with one positive question that will seek positive answers, you will start to find references from your history, your past, your past experiences. All of a sudden, the one hater that's creeping on your feed gets over superseded by the hundreds of people that say mm-hmm. you're awesome, right? Yeah. So you, it will, it's a simple switch to train your subconscious on what to seek and what to look for. We can really use the simplicity of that part of our brain by doing that. But the real power in this, carry comes when First, understanding that negative answer and then start to ask the positive question, but then build as many positive answers as you can think of as possible. Mm. Because rewiring beliefs, it can be about rewiring one belief, but it's really about a belief system. Mm. There are a system of beliefs that we have built that started from day one, from what parents said to us, to teachers, to the stories that we were told, all of those influences build this culmination. But the good news, is we also have a combination of positive experiences, which are also true. Mm. Successes, breakthroughs, things that we've done, things that we do really well. How have we helped people? How have we made a difference? How have we stood out? Mm. And as you start to train your brain, you start to build a list of more and more and more and more references. So if you do that and you build out that list, you rewire your beliefs by building out references with positive questions, and then you drill that list into your brain every single day. You use your state, you walk around, you play music you love, you read that out loud until you feel it so 
automatically that it just becomes a part of your language. Mm. Give it time, but that's a really simple process that takes a little bit of time up front. But then if you consistently read those references, you'll actually notice your beliefs rewiring subconsciously. You don't even have to think about it because you already start thinking about why you're great. Well, I'm great because I do this, this, this really well. You know what I mean? So it's a process to actually use the same things in your brain that, that cultivate fear and use that same exact process. You don't have to try to, you know, rebuild, do something completely different. Use how the brain works to your advantage to build a stronger belief system. Yeah. I mean, that was tons of gold in there. Juicy. <laughs> Super juicy. I mean, you got to like maybe rewind and hear Dr. Jen dropping value bombs to really take it all in. But from what I pull, it's essentially rewiring your beliefs, your self-limiting stories by just asking new questions and coming up with more positive affirmations that bridge that gap from where you are currently to where you want to be. Telling yourself a different story. Like, all of us out here, you know, happy hustling. It's it's just constant self-talk that we tell ourselves, and it has such an impact, whether we know it or not. <laughs> and I, I think of this Zig Ziglar quote. I'm, I've, you know, been following him since I was a, a little boy and, and yeah. just auto university would listen to all his tapes. And he always said this, and he said, people don't make a different decision or change their mind. They make a new decision based on new information. And I kind of butchered that, but essentially when you have new information, you make a new choice. But, you know, if someone's sitting back and thinking, you know, these self-limiting thoughts, whether it's about business or their personal life or, you know, their health or their career, and they just keep drilling in that negative self-talk without making a new decision based on new information, like you're saying, rewiring that brain using that positive self-talk, then they're going to be stuck in that toxic loop. That's mm-hmm. just constant, you know? And Yeah. And I think what's interesting too, is I, there's such a undercurrent of attaining this perfect life, perfect image, perfect body, perfect results. And we can get bombarded with that on everything from magazine covers to social media. And the thing that makes it can make the process difficult is if people choose to build up all these barriers and resistance to fear and these barriers and resistance to the the negative talk, the self-doubt, the self-sabotage, because we're taught that's so negative and I have to overcome this. So I'm going to hustle to overcome this. But you have to be really mindful that you're not building a relationship with the negative that actually is in and of itself negative. Mm-hmm. And there's this great meme that is so much better on a visual, but I'm going to try my best to explain it is it's a picture of a cylinder and it's a cylinder in the corner of a wall. And there's a light shining on both sides of the cylinder. Well, if you shine the light on one side of the cylinder and it casts a shadow, it looks like a rectangle. And if you cast a light on the other side, on the circular side of the cylinder, it casts a circle. So you have two shadows of the same shape. You have a rectangle and you have a circle. Both are true. Both truths come from that cylinder. Both things are real. Both things are tangible. Where are you putting your focus? Are you focusing on the rectangle? Are you focusing on the circle? Which truth is it? So something that's really important to help create that shift, because if you're looking at, I'm either fearful, afraid, negative, or I'm positive on it and I'm crushing, you don't have to look at them as diametrically opposed. They are both truths. They both run together. And that is okay. If you can first understand that and say, my fear is true. My fear is real. My fear comes from a very important place because my fear is there to protect me. Then you validate it, which it actually needs. Our our subconscious needs to be validated. Our deeper emotions, our deeper fears, we need to be validated because in the end, we all just want to get warmed up and tucked in a nice warm blanket, feeling loved and accepted. And that includes fear. Like, So it's really important when people are looking at rewiring their beliefs to actually first build a positive relationship with fear by acknowledging, this is true. It's here. It's been here to protect me. It's okay. You don't have to protect me anymore. I don't need you, but I appreciate you. And and literally have a conversation with your fear. And then on the flip side, then you can look at, 
the same cylinder, right? Your brain is that cylinder. One side is fear and the other side is positive, right? Potential opportunity. And then you can acknowledge this is just a different set of truths. It's a different set of answers and it's just a different set of beliefs. And when you can do that, Carrie, you're actually taking the emotion out of it and just giving your chance to step back and just observe your mind Mm. and not have to feel this pressure to get it all right and change all of my beliefs, but actually just observe neutrally, acknowledge both sides, and then just choose the side you want to focus on. It's really that simple because the fear will show up again. So then it's just a matter of saying, what am I going to choose? What answers am I going to choose? What questions am I going to ask? And that continually helps condition your mind. Yeah, I love that. And really, we all have fear. And there's two emotions that every single person operates from. And it's either love or fear, right? I mean, if you break it down, it's that simple. You can either make a decision based off of love or make a decision based off of fear. And we can allow our fear to control us or the love to control us. Do we have a fear of, you know, becoming overweight and, you know, we, that's why we work out or do we do it for the love of ourself and our temple, our body, right? Do mm-hmm. we want to build a business because we love to serve the people in, and, you know, add value to the marketplace and, you know, share our passion, our purpose, our positive impact because we'd love to, or because we're fearful that we're going to end up on the street and, you know, homeless, like every decision can be transitioned into one of those two emotions. And I think you, you know, elegantly broke that down where it's just about telling yourself, you know, that positive affirmation, acknowledging what it is for you and then rewiring your brain accordingly to where you want to go. So that's just it. Yeah. And I think it again, what you just said made me think of how important it is to just flip the perspective because at the root of, of doubt, of limitation, of self-sabotage, guilt, um, self-loathing, all those really negative things that we've all had to process through in our lifetimes and maybe Mm -hmm. still are today because it's very real, it comes down to fearing love. Mm -hmm. It comes down to fearing that we aren't worthy of being loved, that Mm -hmm. we aren't good enough, that we aren't deserving enough. So, all you need to do is flip it and say, I'm going to love the fear. It's here to protect me. It's mm. here to break. It's here to create a shield. It's here to make yeah. sure I don't get hurt. But if you actually, again, build that different relationship with it, you'll actually acknowledge this isn't about never feeling afraid again. Like, sorry, that's part of life. We're always yeah. going to have fear in some way, shape or form. It's just, it's just the relationship. And, and in parallel, I, I share something really, um, similar, but I'm going to sidestep for a second is that one of the things athletes, hustlers, entrepreneurs, like people push themselves struggle with is rejection. And a lot of times we feel like when we get rejected, so we get rejected by, especially when it's something anonymous, like a hater, it's the strangest feeling. A one person's anonymous comment can be like a dagger in the heart because in the end, we all do want to feel that warm blanket. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my conditioning when it comes around rejection is actually looking at not taking rejection as something that you have to absorb and figure out how to get out of your body, but how do you actually just reject the rejection? Just don't accept it. Don't bring that into your life. And one of the things I talk about in World Class Nation, one of my mental conditioning workouts actually goes through the process of how to do rejection cleans. So if you're familiar with a weightlifting exercise, a clean, Mm -hmm. it's a really explosive, powerful movement with with a lot of weight. So a lot of my mental conditioning workouts pair physicality with something verbal. So we actually pair phrases on rejecting rejection with powerful cleaning movements to actually train your brain to push it out of your space. That's it. Right. To push it out of your space energetically. So if you're like, I reject rejection, I reject rejection, I reject rejection, I reject it. I don't allow it into my space. You actually are literally changing your energy field. You're literally changing the aura of it, the quality of it, and building those barriers that are purely protective. So you're Mm. rejecting what you need to and only accepting and embracing the good stuff coming in. Mm, That's a phenomenal exercise and something everyone can do, you know, if you're just listening to the audio version, what Dr. Jen is doing is essentially a push up to the air with power, you know, force 
pushing out the rejection, rejecting that rejection. And, and it honestly brings me to my professional modeling and acting career, which you are constantly getting rejected. Like at any given moment, there's a 97% unemployment rate in that particular field. Like it's wow. crazy. It's crazy. That means there's only 3% of working models and actors on any day because you're constantly going on audition. Then you got to get a call back. Then you, sometimes a third call back. Then you got to book the job or you're on hold. And it's a whole ordeal just to get work. Mm-hmm. And I've been rejected thousands of times. You know, it just is mind blowing to why to keep on going. But you just have to reject that rejection. Know that, hey, you know, if not this one, the next one, or this or something better. I always would tell myself, and and I would continue to, you know. Uh, I like to call it my fuck it bucket. <laughs> I would bring my fuck it bucket to every audition I, and I'd dump it all over the floor and I'd say, here I am, Gary Jack in the flesh. And I, I got that from my Second City improv days. Cool. I did three and a half years there in Chicago of just training comedy and improv. That's cool. And, and I would just go out there and just do my thing. Like if, if you don't like it, great. If you like it, great. That's, you got to be unapologetically yourself in this life. There's only one you. I realized when I was doing auditions and actually just rejecting the rejection that's possible and just bringing my best self, I would book so much more. I, and I actually had one of the highest booking ratios of all my agencies and, and out of all the talent on the board. And it was because I think honestly, because I just, you know, was unapologetically myself. You know? And that's, that is the difference maker. I mean, I'm going to kind of step back into super classic motivation because there's two types of motivation, either intrinsic or extrinsic. It's either inside of you or outside of you. And I worked in a motivational psychology lab for several years in college oh, cool. and always studying. It was fascinating because you really realized if people placed all of their goals on things outside of themselves and forgot why they love what they do, why are they inherently motivated to pursue something, their risk of burnout, exhaustion, fatigue, depression, anxiety just went through the roof. And that is something that athletes are at high risk for and any high-performing population, hustlers, yep. entrepreneurs, C-level executives, I mean, I see it time and time again, mm-hmm. is because their motivation is so focused on the result outside of themselves. So whether it's a model wanting to get a callback for an audition or someone waiting to get that gold medal to feel good about themselves, you have to find that balance because we are in this to, to get a reward, right? Yeah. To do something. We all like recognition. Yeah. We do, right. Yeah. So it's not about ignoring that because it feels amazing when we get that. It feels like yeah. that's part of how all of our hard work and tenacity is paying off. And, but... You also want to remember by letting go of the intensity and pressure and remembering in your core, why are you showing up? Why do you love what you do? If the gold medals weren't there, if the podiums weren't there, why would you still pursue your sport? And when I can get to the heart of an athlete's mind and figure out why my client is so motivated, it helps them reawoken to that deeper purpose of why they're showing up and doing all of this to begin with. Because mm. the irony is, is a lot of times when we're on this journey to becoming great, to becoming a better version of ourselves, there are a lot of things we do that genuinely aren't the most comfortable things. It's not yeah. easy to wake up at 4 a.m. to work out. It's not easy to do ice and immersing yourself in that for 15 to 30 oh, minutes, right? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. You must yeah. be a Win Ha fan too, like yeah. me. Yeah, and, um, but there's a lot of things that aren't easy. And, and part of why you have to remember how important that internal drive is, is especially now with these competitions being canceled and things getting put off, is you have to remember why you keep going. And that's mm. going to come from you for, for athletes right now for a little period to keep themselves motivated. And that's mm. really important to make sure that they're not burning out, they're not losing their focus, they're not you know forgetting their mojo to train. If you just remember the fire, which ironically runs, I think, Carrie, in parallel to, if you're unapologetically you, you're also unapology, unapologetically connected to why you love what you do so much and why you're so committed to doing it, no matter what it takes. And you will keep showing up again and again and again, no matter who tries to tear you down. And then you realize I am bulletproof to anything that's going to try to get in my way, which ironically is going to give you the emotional confidence that you're actually going to be able to get that external goal. So that's the really cool thing. It all comes full full circle. Stop focusing on the outside. Go back inside so that you can go back out and crush it. Yeah, so true. And, you know, I love that 
just bulletproof like analogy where you're you're like i am going to accomplish whatever i set out my mind you know it is already done i there's nothing stopping me and with that type of intrinsic confidence it will just externally you know, translate in every capacity. And, you know, you're going to get knocked down. All the happy hustlers out there listening know it's going to happen. Adversity strikes. I'm sure throughout this pandemic, people have lost their job or lost a portion of their income. They're, you know, people have gotten sick. It's a tough time, but you have to realize you know, why you're doing what you're doing, fall in love with the process, you know, doing what you love is what it's all about. Really focusing on, you know, the, the, the journey along the way, not just the destination, because you'll find far less fulfillment getting to the finish line and getting that gold medal or, or, you know, becoming a business rock star in realizing that you're the only one at the top you pushed away all your family your friends Mm. maybe you didn't prioritize what's really important along that journey and that's why you know i I continuously focus that's why i launched the 10 days to becoming a happy hustler like you know mini course because i want people to focus on the journey i want them to focus on the 10 alignments of being a happy hustler and, and really enjoying you know the balance and the fulfillment along the way so yeah great points there dr jen i i you know really want to ask this it's um a question i ask all my guests what was your first hustle can you remember when you were baby jen you know uh what, what was the first thing you did for money <laughs> itty bitty oh, yeah. oh, oh i was thinking of a different hustle not money driven but i'll go to money driven so oh, either one I, uh, no no it's cool so in my kind of origin when i first started my professional career as a chiropractor the first two years, I worked in a high volume practice, which was like working in an assembly line. I would see patients every three to five minutes. I couldn't Mm. give them the quality care and experience that I genuinely wanted to as a holistic doctor to treat their full mind and body. You can't do that in five minutes. So two years after that, I was completely burned out. I up and quit, realized that's when I was an entrepreneur and I didn't really have any business training. I didn't really know how to start my own practice. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do because the irony is that I felt like a bird in a cage in the typical practice. So I did not know what path to choose because the path that everyone was on was not the path I wanted. Mm-hmm. I didn't want the grind, like, cause that was a bad hustle. It yeah. was grind. It was numbers. It was hit your quotas. There was mm. no quality of care, positive intention towards patients. You didn't even have time to think about that. Uh. So I am sitting in my one bedroom apartment that I just moved into cause I really wanted my own place but I wasn't making any money. I had a mattress and that was it. Everything else was empty. And I'm 26 years old with the doctorate on the phone with my mom bawling like a baby. Cause I have no idea, no idea what I'm going to do. And then this really interesting light bulb hit when I had a patient, when I was an associate say to me, would you ever come to my office and and treat me? Well, at the time I couldn't, cause I was an employee and I, that's not what they did. Mm -hmm. And that created this catalyst of, I'm going to build my practice in the most unconventional way possible, where there are no four walls, there's no overhead, there's no office staff, there's none of those bells and whistles I have to worry about. I have my hands, my table, my car, and I'm going to find patients and I'm going to go to them and treat them. And the amazing thing about the hustle, and this is where hustle is fun, Mm. I love hustling when people tell me I can't do it. I don't know if it's because it's because I'm like the baby of the family. I don't know. But I love that. I love it when people tell me the naysayers. Oh, I love them because yep. that was a, that was a really pivotal moment for me, not just as a doctor, but as an entrepreneur, because I had colleagues tell me it would never work. No one's going to pay more for house calls. They're going to use insurance. This is a ridiculous idea. Why, why would they pay you three times when they can go to a competitor down the street? And every time, Carrie, that someone tried to tear me down in my mind, I trained my brain and I said, watch me. Yeah. And I just said, yeah. you watch me. And they didn't need vindictiveness from me. They didn't need to hear that wrath, but I just needed to build that conviction in my mind that said, watch me. You watch me. You watch and see what I can do. And that was the 
like jump, like the springboard for me to build such a viable practice that got booked in a matter of months. I was making three times the amount of money, but I was also providing quality care to significantly fewer patients that I was so, so proud of, which ultimately became another springboard for a separate business venture where I help burned out health professionals build unconventional practices that are in alignment with why they became became health providers in the first place, Mm. to take quality care of people and provide great care for them and not get so wrapped up in the business dealings of healthcare that have minimized the quality of outcomes that people get. So Mm. that that hustle moment in that one-bedroom apartment, when I was thinking about the naysayers on the phone with mom, I had this crossroads, right? I could have either crumbled and found a job or I could have listened to that light bulb. And I'm so glad I did because that was such a springboard for so many pivotal moments to building a successful practice, owning the type of experience I wanted to provide to the people I serve, and then ultimately transitioning into coaching, serving others, helping them with their mindsets, helping them bust out of conventional ways of thinking, which is something that we all have an opportunity to break away from because Mm -hmm. we're all told what to do, who to be, how to act, what milestones to hit in life. So we just got to hustle on our own terms and come up with our own path and our own milestones and our own goals. And if someone tries to hold you down, my friends, just tell them, watch me. Yeah. Right. That's so true. You know, just letting that fuel your fire. When people say you can't, you just tell them, watch me. I I Mm -hmm. so agree with that. And, you know, being an athlete myself and playing soccer, um, you know, in college and then at the semi-pro level, I got injured, blew my knee out and ankle. So I didn't make it to where I really wanted to play, which was for the U.S. national team. But Mm. ultimately, I would always use some type of hater, you know, mentality to push me in the in the game or or something like that. My coach said I, I fuel off that type of motivation similarly to you. And and same thing with my entrepreneurial spirit. Like I know that's just a part of me that motivates me. I get that type of, you know, fire when someone says I can't do something. So yeah, definitely agree with that. And it's, yeah. It's awesome. We're, we have we have a commonality there too because I blew up my knee at 15 playing basketball oh, and geez. for for several years I'd had so much chronic pain and I remember the surgeon telling me you're going to deal with tendonitis which I had for several years and then finally actually just recently I'm I'm on my own journey to literally rebuild the cartilage in my knees. I'm on this great holistic journey. I have an amazing team, but right. I've also recognized the beliefs that I've held on to. Mm-hmm. Uh this is what you're going to have to deal with and this is what you're not going to be able to do. And, you know, you have the knees of a 70 year old, you're not going to be able to hike. And I'm like, no, watch me because I'm going to do the seven summits by 2030. Like that's a goal and that's what's going to happen. So by 2030, I'm on the top of Everest and whatever order that happens. But, but it is that it's a lot of times it's making sure that when the naysayers come again, two choices, you either internalize it and they tell you who you are, or you know who you are and you act in alignment with that and go after your goals, no matter what anyone else thinks. That, my friend, is where you find so much power, so much personal power. So true. I have a friend um, and he is on six of, or he's on seven of seven. He climbed six of seven. His name's Sebastian Audio. I interviewed him on the podcast. Nice. He's just a phenomenal human being, philanthropist, but also just an absolute beast. Like he is a beast. I might have to connect with him (laughs) for many reasons. (laughs) Anyone push as hard as he does in like his schedule, his itinerary, his discipline to the minute mapped out every single day. He's a manager at the world bank and like runs like things in his professional life. It's amazing to see his work in. And that's what it takes to get to that high level and to accomplish big goals. So love that. Dr. Jen, I want to break it down for the happy hustlers out there and get into some tangible happy hustle hacks regarding a couple different topics. First, let's get into health. What is a happy hustle hack for health? You know, something that you use to keep you, you know, in tip top shape and, and just, you know, it can be mental health or physical health, whatever you decide to share, but something that the the happy hustlers can implement right now in their life that really adds value. Yeah. Interestingly enough, you know, I think about hustle or flow and how do you, how do you hustle while being in flow at the same time? So when I think about physical health, I think about exercise, 
exercise and training and something I've adapted recently is apps is actually using super slow training. So a lot of times when people are working out at the gym and you're doing reps, people are performing them so quickly and mm. using so much momentum and actually putting significant amounts of strain on their bodies that they're so focused on. I have to hit this many reps and hit this many reps at this weight. The challenge with that is that physically it puts significantly more strain on your joints and significantly puts more strain on the wrong muscles. So you're not activating the right muscles to stabilize joints. That could be a whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> this could be a whole podcast, but as a simple hack, what I would recommend is when you're going to the gym, something or at your home, something that require that you want to do to build strength. Let's just use an example of a crunch. Rather than think about, I want to do X number of sets and X number of reps, try to do them as slow as possible. Mm. Go through the movement as slowly as possible because you're actually going to activate your muscles in a way that is controlled, in a way that they're designed. So you're not cheating while going through the motion because you may not even be realizing it. I mean, most people know a classic crunch, right? So I use this as an example because if you think about you're at the end of a set and what do we end up doing? We end up wrenching on our neck. We end up straining. We end up sitting up as fast as we can to do it. You're not actually gaining. So if you want to hustle, it's not always about the reps, the sets, the weight, the quantity. We are so taught to live in a world of quantity and how much Mm -hmm. do we get done and how much do we make and how many followers do we have that if you give yourself a chance to create some flow in your physical hustle, go super slow and actually watch the results that happen in your muscles being able to activate, to be toned so that you could do things physically that you want to do. We go to the gym so we can do things with our body typically, right? It's, it's, you know, there, there could be things you want to look good and all that stuff, but really try to use super slow and just see how many reps you can do. Don't have any expectation. Cause when I started to do this, you know, I would get my 50 reps of crunches in and I was lucky if I could do five without completely tanking. So I love that as a hack because physiologically you're actually using muscle activation to your advantage and stabilizing your joints, which means you're putting yourself at less risk for injury, more room for recovery because you don't need to do as much. But third, you're optimizing your strength because you're using your muscles in exactly the right way that they're designed to do. Yeah, that's a great happy hustle hack. Slow training. I know when I, you know, do super slow push ups and and pull ups and sit ups. I, I love doing body weight. I, you know, yeah. activities. It's it's a great happy hustle hack. Let's talk about money. I think it's important. What is a happy hustle hack that you use to you know make money, spend money, maybe invest money and save money? Something that maybe is tangible that the happy hustlers could implement. Yeah, sure. So one of the main things that I really think about, I mean, in addition to the obvious sayings of having like pictures of goals and all of that stuff and thanking the money, mm-hmm. I really think about really getting lasered on what is the good that I want to do with it because there is just energy around money, right? Money is just a vehicle for us to do good. And I find more often than not that if I can focus on experiences and philanthropy, more than actual the material things, while those are also fun to experience. Like one of the hacks for me is really thinking about how does money give me the ability to do all of these amazing things? And a lot of times when we're hustling, we may think, oh, I got to get this. I'm trying to chase this. I want to go after this goal and I got to hit this number. So you got to make sure that your relationship with money doesn't build the sense of resistance and you're trying to force it and trying to make it happen. So I like building a relationship with money that's very holistic, which is how I like to work with my clients. It's how I like to, you know, help build my body is look at it from all these different angles. How does this money serve others? How will this money be used to serve the planet? And how will this money be used to serve myself? And that's good too. Like you want to acknowledge all those things because I think a lot of times for entrepreneurs, we can think that if we come from a place where we were taught that money is bad, then we could also go to the complete opposite and say, well, I'm keeping all the money, right? I'm keeping all the money for myself. Define a really holistic approach to money. And there's a visualization exercise I really love to do where I picture myself standing at the beach at the edge of the waves and I'm just watching the ocean Hmm. and I'm just watching the tide come in and out. And I think that is how money is. Money comes in, money comes out. And in times when I felt myself so anxious about money, it's because I wanted to keep it. I wanted to hold on to it. I didn't want to pay bills. I was afraid to pay bills. I put things off. 
And then I just realized that, and this is really a hack as opposed, I guess it's like a philosophy and a hack is relate to money like the ocean. It just comes in and it just comes out. And you just got to trust that the more that you put out, the more that comes back to you. It, it operates just like a wave. And, and honestly, there are so many parallels in the universe, in animals, in plants, in thinking that if we can draw to those, we can draw from that energy. So I would even think about, and part of what I do is a visualization exercise when I picture the money coming in because things are working and then I picture it going back out to do all of these great things mm. and just feel the ebb and flow of that motion because money is like the ocean. Ooh. I just made a rhyme. Mic drop. Mic just- drop. <laughs> that was great. And I, I really do love that analogy. It's like, you know, the ebb and flow of money, like the ocean and the tides that come in and out. And it's a great point because, you know, when you put a meaning to the money that you're earning and you have a purpose, you know, like I always know when I give, like I, I always receive more. It's mm-hmm. just karma, the universe, you know, and I have automatic payments set up in my account that just give to social entrepreneurs through this cool um, platform called Kiva. Yes. I, I do the yeah. same thing. I love yeah. I do the same thing. I love it. It's yeah. the micro loans. It's so awesome. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so, you know, and my brother has a really cool company called Ecopreneur Evolution and they have a really awesome structure where he gives to, you know, social entrepreneurs, all this amazing content. And it's like, I try to support through that platform as well. And, you know, obviously every time we give money, it comes back, you know, full circle. So great points there. It does. I got to tell you, Kiva has a, such a near and dear place to my heart, having roots as a dairy farmer. And I see all the farmers around the world who need help to try to build Mm. sustainable farming, their small farms. It's, it's a phenomenal organization. So just a quick nod to them for the great work they do too. Yeah, for sure. Well, Dr. Jen, I want to get into this amazing opportunity for the Happy Hustlers. Talk to us about World Class Nation and, you know, where people can go to, you know, get this seven-day free trial and, and a little bit of what they would be getting once they do enter. Yeah, absolutely. So World Class Nation is a mental conditioning membership where every single month you get access to various trainings, live Q&As, and mental conditioning workouts, all designed to help you develop bulletproof confidence. So you can perform consistently no matter what you do. You're going to get training on how to reach your personal best, on how to take things that are mental barriers and turn them into breakthroughs. So ultimately, you rewire your beliefs to win. Mm. What you actually get when you become a member is you get instant access to my seven-day bulletproof mental conditioning workout series. So the rejection cleans that I talked about today, that's one of the workouts. And I gave you a little bit of a taste of that. We condition things from your core to rejection, to your beliefs, to your conditioning, to your failures, multiple different pillars of mental conditioning we look at. So they get instant access to that. They get instant access to a Q&A library where you see me answer the questions from a lot of the top athletes and top clients that I've worked with and how do I address them and how do I provide coaching for them. They also get as instant access to a course, what to do when competitions are canceled, which is naturally very high wired for athletes, but it also is really applicable for people who are dealing with challenges when their goals are getting put off, conferences, things that they've been setting their eyes on are getting put on hold in the future. Yeah. It gives them the ability on how to harness that control. And then every single month, they get new programs. Every single month, they get live Q&As from me so they can answer questions, get direct support from me live, and really build a holistic approach to train their minds as hard as their body. And to let your audience know too, while my primary focus is working with athletes, there's such a parallel because athletes are just one type of hustlers. Entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. are hustlers. People who want to become great naturally are designed to hustle. And Mm -hmm. we can find analogies in athletics in any single sport. So the training that I provide, while it is specific to athletes and where I designed it, it is also something that is so universal because we do talk about how to change your beliefs, how to find control when situations feel like you're completely outside of it and you can't do anything, right? How to let go of rejection, how to turn off the haters, how to actually understand what are the world-class secrets to building a world-class life, how to rewrite your reality. So if you're living in a reality right now that you don't like, how to actually change that. Mm. Everything is designed to optimize your mindset. So what's really cool is that for your members, they get seven days to try it out, try out the mental conditioning workouts, go through the trainings, check out the Q&A library. If they love it, it's super simple. They can stay on 
board for just 49 bucks a month. They can cancel at any time. Your people are always in control. Awesome. That is such a great opportunity. You happy hustlers listening right now. I highly, highly recommend taking up Dr. Jan. Go to worldclassnation.com slash hustle. You'll get hooked up with the free seven-day trial. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain for seven days. Check it out. And then if you want to stay on and be a part of the, the group and get awesome insights every single month, you know, then do it. It's 50 bucks, guys. That's like nothing to get a mentally tough mind that will catalyze every other aspect of your life. It's a no brainer, pun intended. So great, uh, great, you know, opportunity there for the happy houses. I really appreciate it. Dr. Jen, let's run through the rapid fire round real quick and then we'll say goodbye. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First thing that comes to mind, favorite movie, go Lord of the Rings, favorite food, sushi, Favorite book? Biology Belief. What is your spirit animal? Deer. Oh, favorite cliche saying? Oh, life is long. <laughs> yeah. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Flying. What's your best business advice? Mm. Don't follow convention. Mm. One word you wish, to, you wish to be synonymous with your name for the rest of your life. Mm. Potential. Three things you're most grateful for right now in this moment. Mm, My partner, my freedom, my ability to serve clients from anywhere in the world. Awesome. You crushed that, that rapid fire round, Dr. Jen. I just want to acknowledge you. Yeah, you did great. Uh, I just want to acknowledge you for sharing your love, your light, your wisdom, your truth with the happy hustlers. This has been an amazing episode. Final question. What does happy hustling mean to you? Mm. Happy hustling means being completely and madly in love with the hustle that you have created. We all create our own hustle. We all choose to be on the path to go for the goals and push ourselves and push our limits. Just be madly in love with it. And if you are, you're on the right path. Mm, Love that. Thank you again, Dr. Jan. This has been amazing. My pleasure. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to serve your community. It's been really awesome. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. I truly am so grateful that you took the time out of your busy day to spend time with me. Now, if you got any value from this episode or any episodes in the past, it would mean the world to me if you could please leave a five-star review and share this episode with your friends so we can continue to spread this message. Guys, as always, it's been a blast. Now go out there and happy hustle for your dream reality. Yeah.